Hey family, welcome to We All Need Each Other, the podcast from Transformation Ministry. Let me tell you some facts. Each one of us has unique ways of thinking, gifts, talents, and experiences. Each one of us was made in the image of God. Although those things are very real and very true, it is also true that we reflect the image of God very differently. When we come together with our differences and our uniqueness, we can help each other. We can help each other understand different perspectives and broaden our own perspectives. We can help each other grow and learn and understand the beauty of God and also the complexity of this world. That's why we wanted to bring you this podcast. In this podcast, we're gonna get real. We're gonna bring in guests that talk about things like faith, race, politics, relationships, ministry, and justice. With all that being said, I just want to say thank you for being here. And thank you for joining us on We All Need Each Other. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of We All Need Each Other. Um, As you can see, Aaron and I are in the same room. That's a new experience for us. Um, We've been in the same room before, but just not on the podcast. Um, and we're excited to do it in this, this format. Um, we're also not going to have a guest this time. Um, Aaron and I are just going to have a conversation. And it's based around one of his favorite questions that he likes to ask people. So I'm going to let him explain yeah. what that is. So first of all, awesome to be in person. Uh, I think we're all kind of feeling the, uh, you know, the urge to get back to that type of um, you know, in, in-person and, and kind of relational uh, experience. So this is great. Um, and really thankful to be here at transformation. I got the full tour today. So that was the first time I had that. So this is, this is awesome. Uh, yeah. So you may have, uh, noticed in some of the podcasts we've done to this point, one question I love to ask people is what fascinates you. And one of the reasons I do this is because I feel like a lot of times when you see people get interviewed, you hear the same kind of questions people maybe have, something that they want to promote, which is great. And, and that's, that's part of it. But when, when we have these, you know, people that are important to what transformation does, Mm -hmm. people that are active here in the city, or, you know, people that are experts on some of these topics that we've been talking about, I'm always interested in like what drives them as Mm -hmm. people, um, and kind of what makes them unique, what makes them who they are. Um, and I think one of the great questions to get at that is this idea of what fascinates you. What is something that you're just so passionate about that it sort of makes is, is part of who you are and maybe one of those first things that you talk about when we all get those questions, like, you know, what's a unique fact about you or kind of those icebreaker questions. Like what's what's something that just really, really fascinates you? So we wanted to talk about that today for mm-hmm. both of us uh, for kind of two reasons. One, help you get to know us a little bit better. Um, and then two, Again, I think it really supports this idea of the mission of why we're even doing this podcast of that we all need each other. And to me, it's this idea of we all have unique qualities that mm-hmm. make us who we are. Every person we come in contact with each day, even if we don't know anything about them, you know, they bear the image of God. They have very unique qualities and they've got things that they're passionate about that might be completely different than anything that I love or that fascinates me. But that's a great thing about what makes us human. Mm-hmm. So um, we put together a few different topics that we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to kick it off. This first one was kind of interesting because Dan and I 
had different uh, different ways that we came into this topic with. I said that I want to talk about movies. Dan wanted to talk about books. Uh, I and I love books too. Dan watches <laughs> movies too, so you know it. I think we can make this work. But so Dan, I guess book for you, books. Like, mm-hmm. what's something that fascinates you about reading a book or just kind of engaging with the written word about? Yeah, so yeah, I I do love movies, but I don't think I watch movies the same way you watch movies. Maybe I'm not, not yeah. I'm not really a connoisseur. I can That's watch okay. just about yeah. any movie and walk away with just about the same feeling. Yeah, yeah. That's there okay. there are certain movies that strike me differently, but um books, I don't know what it is about books. Um I just like to sit and be able to digest slowly a book. Um I don't uh, I don't read fiction. Yep. I mean, okay. I have read fiction, but I very rarely pick up fiction books. Um, and it's so it's mostly like I want to engage with topics that I'm interested in yeah. or topics where I feel like I need to grow or learn new things in. Um, the most recent book uh, that I read was called Terraform by Propaganda. Yep. Um, Love it. And he's a poet. He's a he's a hip hop artist. He's an activist. Um he has his own podcast. He's had a couple of podcasts, but the one he does right now is called Hood Politics, where he just kind of translates what's going on in the world through this really unique way of, of just explaining to people on a, on a really accessible level of, of what's happening yep. and why, what's all the, what's all, what are all the dynamics of a certain issue? Um, so he's been really like helpful for me as far as helping me understand what I'm seeing and what I'm, what I'm reading about and what's happening in the world. And this book is, it's called Terraform, which is kind of like a made up word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what it, it, it refers to the, the process of like building a world yeah. basically. Yeah. And he keeps talking about how we can build, build a better world. Um, he talks about things like um, we are the culture that we live in. Like we are the ones who make culture. Yep. And so when you hear phrases like a culture war, like you can't be at war with culture because you are the culture unless, you know, uh, you are at war with yourself, I suppose. But like, but we make the culture. He talks about how words build worlds. I can't even say it. Words build worlds. Um, The way we talk about things and the way we frame things and the way we share stories and, um, you know, share information about things really determines how other people will process it. Just like he's done for me, yep. his words have helped me understand the world better. Um, and he's also, the book is also like kind of chaotic because of the way he, it's written the way he talks. And it's also like random poems and song lyrics thrown in. And then all of a sudden there'll be this amazing illustration, just like this random portrait of somebody, yeah. like, a, like a drawn portrait of somebody. Um, and so it's like, it keeps you kind of on your toes, the book does. You don't know what the next page is going to hold. Um, but also, it's re- just written in a way that helps me um, just kind of understand what he's talking about really easily. Um, and I love the idea of of building a better world, because I think like we can all look at things around the world and say, man, I wish it wasn't this way. Yeah. And another phrase that he will use a lot is, it doesn't have to be this way. Right. Yep. We can, we can help change Again, it. Again, that idea of us building the culture. Like right. We have a, we have a, a part in that. Right. Kind of right. Yeah. We can help change it. We can help shape it. Um, and we get to make those decisions. So it's something that I think as Christians, we should really hang on t- onto tightly. Yeah. 
because we have this ideal of what, you know, what, what God wants for the world. Um, we have these, these high ideas, these high ideals of love and peace and unity. Um, but we don't always live those out. Yeah. And so it's a challenge, but it's also really inspiring, um, to say, yeah, I, I can, I can do something about this when I see an issue in the world that I don't like. So yeah, that's one, that was a book that fascinated me recently. Um, so what about you? Well, what I was going to say, what's great about this question is that's one book that yeah. you've had such a great experience with. And I feel like every time I talk with you, there's another <laughs> book like that, that you've yeah. been you know reading lately that is yeah. really fascinating you. And that's not a book that I've read. So now mm-hmm. that's something that I can be like, okay, I want to go read that yeah. too. You know, cause actually I tend to read a little bit more of fiction than mm-hmm. nonfiction. So I'm always kind of like, ah, I need to read more nonfiction. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I've got one to add to my list. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to, flip it over to movies because I am someone who absolutely loves movies and I think I've talked about on the podcast before I can't remember I I believe I've said this but one of my when I was in college is when I really I've always kind of loved movies but I really started getting into like reading movie reviews Mm. and engaging with more of like the analytical side of Mm. movies Um, and one of the critics that I started reading a lot that people may have heard of is Roger Ebert Mm -hmm. Um, he passed away um, a few years ago, but uh, really famous one. Of, I believe he was the first movie critic to win a Pulitzer Prize. Hmm. Um, he talked about movies. He called them empathy machines. And mm. I love that idea because it's like, so the difference with a book maybe than a movie, like a book, at least when I when I read books, I'm kind of in my head getting pictures of, especially if it's fiction, but even nonfiction, you kind of have in your head a picture of kind of what the author is saying. Mm-hmm. But it's it's in your head, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're not you're not experiencing it. Whereas a movie, you're almost pulled into Mm. an experience with somebody, right? You're seeing it, you're hearing it, you're feeling it, you know, emotionally. Mm. Um, That is a a deep experience. Now, that can be a good thing. That can be a bad. It depends on how the artist making the movie is using that. You could that can be used in bad ways, (laughs) you know, certainly. But um, for me, the, the good in that is I think it really helps us build this muscle that I think our culture really needs. Um, And based on what you just said, that means we need it, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're the ones building the culture, Mm -hmm. right? Is this idea of empathy Mm -hmm. of like thinking, uh, putting ourselves in someone else's shoes and thinking, okay, if I was in that position, you know, what would I do? Um, There's been so many movies that have made me, you know, think this way, you know, there are extreme examples, like some a movie like 12 Years a Slave, mm. right? That mm-hmm. is really, uh, I mean, I remember watching that movie for the first time thinking that's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And I probably can't watch that movie mm-hmm. again. Now, since then, I've watched it again. And it's still, I think, one of the greatest movies I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Uh, but, you know, something like that of those of us who never experienced, you know, the idea of being enslaved by another mm-hmm. person. Uh, is watching a movie going to ever make you feel exactly what that felt like? No, of course not. Um, but it's probably going to help you see it in a little bit different way than maybe reading about it would, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, I love that idea of movies as empathy machines, as these things that help us go into someone else's experience, even for a couple hours. Um, and even if it's, you know, it, it's not the same as actually experiencing it, it at least helps you think, okay, what if I was in these per- this person's mm-hmm. shoes? And I think that is really meaningful for lots of different 
uh, facets of life. Um, I th- again, I think empathy is something that we all need to grow in. Um, and so movies have helped me with that. But I will agree with you. Like I, my wife and I always have this conversation of like, I watch movies very differently than she does. She likes movies <laughs> that are very different than the movies that I like. We all, whenever we're trying to find a movie to watch on Netflix, we'll usually give up halfway through. We're like, okay, you want to watch something totally different than I want to watch? That's fine. We'll just watch, you know, The Office or something again for the hundredth time. So that's okay. Uh, and I've I've had, it's funny, I've had experiences where like, uh, I, I'm in a book club with some friends and we were all together one night and wanted to pick out a movie. And I picked some, you know, weird drama movie that I thought they were going to like because I love it so much and they hated it. So it's like, you know, I I have a different different taste when it comes to movies. But it really, for me, all goes back to this idea of I want to I wanna try to, um, yeah, consider this experience or consider, you know, what this artist is trying to say. Mm-hmm. So the next topic I want to talk about was nature. Okay. And I love nature. It's something that fascinates me because it helps me build this muscle of what I would say is having mm. eyes to see and ears to hear. Mm-hmm. So part of it is I grew up with a mom who loved gardening mm. and just loved nature. She still does. She's an avid birder. She has her mm. own garden. Um, and so she kind of instilled that in me. My Both of my grandfathers, they've since passed away, both of them, but they both were very active gardeners. Mm-hmm. I remember my, my dad's dad, um, yeah, had this little plot in their backyard where he would plant corn and mm-hmm. lots of different stuff. So it's like I always grew up around people that were um, that were gardening and, and just loved nature. My, my grandma on my mom's side, she's still alive and she is uh, just cares about the environment mm. like it's a deep passion of hers mm-hmm. and so yeah i just sort of grew up around people who um took very seriously you know what the bible talks about you know when we're being stewards of, mm-hmm. of the planet and and um kind of what god has given us here so for me that's like when i walk outside and see a beautiful sunrise or mm. sunset you know it's like okay that might be something that a lot of people notice in their average day but do a lot of people notice that there's this unique type of bird that just mm-hmm. landed on their windowsill, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are all these beautiful things that happen mm-hmm. during the day. And um, sometimes we just, if we just bypass it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think noticing those little moments of beauty for me is sort of what that notion of having eyes to see and ears mm-hmm. to hear is about. And for me, then that carries through to all aspects of life, right? Because it's like, again, we're talking about, we all need each other. We all have these unique things that make us who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, noticing that is important, not just bypassing, you know, the people that we that we go past, you know, every day on the street mm-hmm. or the people that we work with that maybe we're just used to having a little small talk with mm-hmm. when we could go a little deeper. You know, it's things like that mm-hmm. of are we really looking for those opportunities around? Are we really looking for that spark of god's nature Mm -hmm. in other people or are we just kind of going through our day and i listen i'm preaching to myself here as much as anybody right because like it's especially as we get into adult life i I feel like it's it's easier to just sort of go through the motions and and kind of do our thing Mm -hmm. um and and so that's why i love spending time around you know kids and and like toddlers even when they're outside because like you look at what when they look at nature right it's like oh my god look at everything around me right and like to me that is and the bible 
you know, repeatedly Jesus talks about children and their importance mm-hmm. in the kingdom, right? And to me, that's part of it because they have eyes to see and ears to hear. They're looking mm-hmm. around at everything and and noticing it and taking it in, observing it. Um, and I think there's something to learn from that for, mm-hmm. for us who are a little bit older. Um, you know, we can we can pause, we can look around, you know, at, at the people and the places around us and recognize the beauty. Um, and for me, nature is is a big part of that. Um, now, both of us have been doing the gardening thing. Yep. So I'd love to hear more from you about what that's been like, because <laughs> that's been another way for me to kind of engage with nature. But yeah. you've been you, you just had a good tomato harvest. So you're doing better <laughs> than I am. So, how's yeah, that well, I grew up I grew up with um, people in my life who garden yeah. as well. I grew up kind of out in the country, uh, southern Michigan. And just always loved being out in nature, whether yeah. I was just riding my bike or whether I was digging in the dirt or helping my dad chop wood or picking stuff out of the garden, whatever it was, I loved being outside and still love it. Although I'm, I'm more of a, a city dweller now, yep, yep. I still love to be able to get out into nature a little bit. And I think it is that um, you said the spark, uh, the divine spark, maybe is what you said, yeah. but it's it's, it's kind of like getting your hands on like something that, that God made. Yeah. You know, yep. even yep. though we're all things that God made, but like, it's kind of remembering like God made all of this. Yep. Um, and he made it for us. Um, and so we have a responsibility to steward it well, but also just to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's um, important too, because like you said, as adults, we can often like overlook things and we can we just kind of get used to things. Um, and we forget how incredible certain things are. So, yeah, so I planted this little tiny garden in my backyard this year. All I planted was onions and peppers and tomatoes. And um, my tomato plants have gone crazy. I can hardly even, like, manage my way around them yep. to, like, reach in and grab a tomato out. But, um, but yeah, that's been really fun. Yeah. All of what creation is and, and the way God made things it's just, it's fascinating. It is. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it makes you, at least for me, it makes me feel more connected to God. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Like I'm understanding him a little bit better and seeing just like, you know, we, we were talking about books and movies. Like there's an artist that's creating those things. Yep. There's someone who's creating those things. And, and so part of them is going into that yep. work. And so whatever it is that we're looking at out of nature a part of God is in that. Absolutely. And so if we miss that, we're missing a part of God. Yeah. And it does bring it back to how, why we all need each other because we're all, we all have different experiences and we're all seeing different parts of God. And I can share with you what I've, what I've seen through nature or what I've seen read in a book, or you can share with me about movies and in your garden experience. Yeah. And it's all, even though we may not be talking about God every second of the conversation, we are talking about God right. yeah. because he created all of it and he, and he's allowing us to know him better through his creation. And I just think that's, it's such a valuable thing. And honestly, the whole idea of we all need each other is really about, it's not just about, I need you and you need me. It's, it's, we want to know God more. We all need, and, yeah, and yeah. we need each other yeah. to do that yeah. because we're limited in, in what we know and what we can see and what we experience. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's uh, nature is just this vast, almost unlimited resource yep. to to connect with God and, and to relax yep. <laughs> and oh, to yeah. just breathe a little bit. 
I just wanted to pause right here and say thank you. Thank you for joining us and being here with us on the We All Need Each Other podcast. If you want to support us, please don't hesitate to stop by our website, www.transformation58.com slash give. Thanks. We all need each other. So um, another one of the topics that we talked about, which I think for you and I is maybe uh, an initial one that pops up because uh, we met by playing <laughs> basketball together, yeah. right? Uh, sports is another one that, you know, I think a lot of people, if you ask them what fascinates you or what's something that you're really interested mm. in, that might be a, a quick one that pops mm. up. But sort of, I guess, to go along this theme of kind of what we've been talking about, I think sports is another one where there are a lot of great lessons to learn. So I guess what what's something that fascinates you about sports or like why why is that something that you love maybe yeah. what sports are your favorites like yeah what how do yeah. you kind of get connected in with yeah that? I, I grew up playing sports from just about as early as i can remember uh, whether it was just playing in the backyard or you know i started playing little league i think when i was probably eight or nine uh just like a lot of kids yep uh and then it became basketball uh after that um i like i said i grew up in michigan yep and so I think I'm trying to remember the timeline, but the Fab Five at Michigan, oh, Chris wow. Weber and yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wrote. I used to have a blog, and I wrote at one point that the Fab Five changed my life. Yep. yep. Because I saw them and the way they played, and like how much fun they were having playing basketball, and I just decided basketball was my sport yep. from that point yep. on. Well, unfortunately, baseball was the sport I was better at. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> basketball, I was decent, but not not very good. I was going to say, playing basketball against you. <laughs> baseball is the sport you're better at. You must have been pretty good at baseball. I got better as an adult. Okay. Yeah. But but um, but from then on, my focus was really ba- basketball. Yeah. I played golf, too, in high school. Um, and I've played, you know, kind of recreational sports, uh, volleyball. And I, I picked up, I played softball as an adult. Um, so I just always love sports. My wife is a volleyball coach at, at Bethel University, and so sports are still a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, the Olympics have been fascinating yeah, me. Yeah. Um, I've always been fascinated by the Olympics. Yeah. Um, just to know that these are the best in the world at what they do yeah. is just incredible. And um, I, I saw a tweet. It was from Propaganda, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he said, he said, I think the Olympics should consider having regular people compete alongside the Olympic oh, athletes just so we can all see yeah. how good they are and what oh. they do. Like, imagine me out there trying to run the 100 against these guys. Or that, what was that, the 400 hurdle race that was just insane the other day? Yeah. Like, like if I was running that, first of all, I wouldn't be able to jump <laughs> over the hurdles. Like, that. Right. that'd be hilarious to watch, right. probably. But, yeah. Right. So just to see, just to know that these people are just the best. Yeah. They're just yeah. the best that there ever, you know, that there is right now. And some of them are the best there ever was. Yeah. Like watching Usain Bolt when he was running was just one of my favorite things yeah. in the world because nobody's ever done it like that. No. Yeah. And so right. to know that there's this one guy who has like surpassed everybody else that yep. ever lived. Yeah. And who knows, somebody will probably come along someday that might be faster than Usain Bolt. But for now, he's the greatest of all time. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and to know that we got to see that and to know that he worked hard for that. Some of it was natural gifts, but a lot of it was practice and dedication and discipline. And to see that you can just achieve amazing things um, is so fun to watch. I want to know what's going on with you with sports, because I know it's been a 
I don't know all the details about the Cubs. Yeah. But I know oh, there's been, been some some heartbreak. It's been sad lately, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a big Cubs fan. And if people aren't baseball fans, they just traded away, like, half the team. All the all the main players that helped them win the World Series a couple years ago. So, yeah, you know, I guess a, a, a big through line for me, because I've, I've been a pretty diehard fan of a couple different teams. So the Cubs are kind of my team mm. that uh, my mom's maiden name actually is Wrigley. Mm. Uh, not the Wrigley's, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, but my grandpa was a big Cubs fan. He would listen on the radio um, and, you know, just was uh, a fan through thick and thin, mm. kind of. And he sort of passed that along to me. Um, and, yeah, I, for a long time now, I've been a big Cubs fan. Um, when I was a kid, like, young kid, uh, before I really liked baseball, though, my first love was Indianapolis Colts football when Peyton mm-hmm. Manning was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother and I would just, we were diehard. We would watch every game, you know, knew all the stats. We would actually, our, our thing was, this is, this will date me a little bit. The people watching and listening to this podcast may not remember what a VCR is, <laughs> but back then we had a VCR and we would actually record all the Colts games so we could watch film like Peyton. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, that was that was sort of my first foray into being a big fan. But I guess what I'm getting at is a through line for me has sort of been like, um, w- what does it mean to be a fan, and like mm. how, I guess how big of a a piece of your life does that mm. take up? Um, I'll never forget what. So I went to a tiny little uh, private uh, Christian school uh, here in South Bend area, and there was one time. Uh, we would have chapel every mm-hmm. Thursday. Um, and the speaker was talking about having idols. <laughs> he said, he said, you know, there are lots of different things. We're not, I'm not talking about like a wooden, you know, statue. Mm-hmm. Like there's lots of different things could be idols. He's like, sports could be one of them. And everybody sitting in my row turned and looked at me. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, thanks guys. Uh, but you know, like, cause I, back then I had this ritual of whenever the Colts lost in the playoffs, which unfortunately happened a lot because they would always play the Patriots and they would always lose. Uh, I would wear all black to school next day. So I was a little, a little too into it probably. Uh, but, but yeah, learning kind of, okay, that's maybe one side of it, but, but having this deep love for a team and like being loyal and like, sticking through thick and thin like even if they're having a really bad year Mm. still being loyal and being a fan like there's a lot of good things i think that you can learn from that um even if at times maybe i took it a little too far uh so no i that's been something that i think i've been um it's it's fun and i i've 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 always kind of loved sports what's our next topic uh so this one is is another one of of like um when you talk about like stuff that fascinates you I feel like to this point, we've been talking about like lots of different types of senses, right? Like we're looking, we're feeling, we're playing sports. Like it's our, it's our full body. Uh, For me in my head, one of the things that fascinates me the most is history. Like Mm. I love learning about local history lately Mm. has been a big one for me. Like what happened Mm. here in South Bend? There's so much fascinating stuff about Mm. this unique community. Um, But even like, world history you know u.s history that was always like one of my favorite Mm. subjects in school Mm -hmm. um and to this day it's still so like i the i said earlier that i usually read fiction but then usually the non-fiction books that i've read 
have been like a biography about mm. some historical figure mm -hmm. or yeah, some book, some historical book of some kind. So mm -hmm. um, I, I would love to hear like, is that, cause again, I know you, you've read a lot mm -hmm. about again, you know, nonfiction and, and I think you've done some historical read. Like, is that something for you that is fascinating to learn about mm -hmm. history um, or like how sort of how do you, uh, what's your entry point into that yeah. part of the discussion? Yeah, so I would say for me, like history was never a subject that I really yeah. enjoyed that yeah. much in high school and even in college. I, it just didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't have a lot of interest in it. Yep. The older I get and the more I learn about, um, you know, like kind of the issues that are happening now and uh, you can trace some of those things back to yeah. things that have happened in our, in our past it becomes more and more fascinating to me. Um, Jamar Tisby, who was a guest on the yep. podcast, he's a historian and he's one that really, really kind of sparked my interest in history. Yeah. Cause the way he looks at it, he looks at it and connects it to the present. Um, so for me, that aspect of history is really fascinating. Um, you know, what happened 200 years ago can still have effects today. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. just amazing to me. It's just, it's, it's another, it's another way of seeing how we are really connected to people. Um, not always intentionally, but our actions have effects on other people yep. um, and can continue uh, through through years. Um, I would love to learn more about our local history. I think for me especially, I would love to learn about the indigenous people that were yes. here. The, I, I, I don't want to mess this up, but I believe it's the Potawatomi. Yep. Um, and I just would love to learn more about their history, yeah. about their culture, um, about the way they lived on the land that we have now. Um, I would love to learn about the the sad parts yeah. that come along with that of, of why they don't have the land anymore, why, why we and businesses and municipalities have the land. I would love to learn that because I believe that still has effects today. Absolutely. Um, and I also love to think about what's our place in history. Yeah. So I think, again, Jamar Tisby, when I interviewed him for the podcast, he was talking about how he just believes we're kind of in this this modern day civil rights mm -hmm. era. And that just fascinates me to think like, what, how do you know? Um, and will we, can we know now? Or are we going to have to wait 50 years to know whether he was right? Um, and that makes me think, what are people going to think about us in 50 right. to 100 years? When yeah. I look back on the 2000 teens, uh, the 2020s, um, and all that's been happening, how are the, in 50 to 100 years, how are people going to look at this time yeah. in history? To me, that's fascinating. It is, yeah. Because again, we get to determine some of that. Right. Like we have a say in some of that, um, especially as part of the body of Christ. I think that we have a responsibility to to try to leave this world better than when we found it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that that's going to be true of us right now. I don't know if people look back and go, ah, they really improved things, or if they'll look back and go, man, <laughs> they kind of screwed some things up. Right. It'll probably be both. Um, but I would like to try to make uh, do everything I can to make people say, man, they did some really good things yeah. in that generation or in that era. This is a challenge for me. I'm glad that I'm glad that you brought up history because 
it's something I've been thinking about for a long time, but I haven't taken any steps on is is learning about the Potawatomi, learning about yeah. indigenous people in this area and the legacy um, that that they've left. And I just want to understand that. Absolutely. Because I think yeah. there's so much value and beauty in that. Um, and I think there's a lot for us to learn uh, from their culture. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think too, one thing that is important for me is like, we say history and I think maybe people listen to this, you're, you automatically think of like books in school, right? Mm-hmm. Or like the, yeah, learning about history in school, which can maybe feel a little stuffy to people or yeah, that's not maybe everybody's favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, I still love that side of history too, but that's because <laughs> I've always been a little bit of a nerd. But I think too, like when I say history, yeah, it's like local people who lived here locally mm. before me, but also it's like family history. It's like ancestors mm. or it's like, mm. for me, one that's very deeply important to me. I had um, my my dad's mom, my grandma on my dad's side, she passed away a couple of years ago and I was very close with her. We would, my brother and I would be over at her house, um, you know, on a lot of weekends growing up. Um, and she just instilled a lot of things in my life, but even just remembering her and, mm thinking about the things that she taught me. To me, that's my family history, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the history I carry with me. Um, and um, after her funeral, one of the things that, you know, different family members, you know, got different things from, um, like, her apartment and just sort of different mementos. And one of the things that um, that we have in our house from her are these notebooks that she used to write in. Um, and, she, and a lot of it is, like, she would go to church every week and she would write sermon notes, Mm. you know? So it's like her sermon notes from her pastor from years Mm -hmm. and years. And it's stuff like that is history to Mm -hmm. me, right? It's, you know, some, when I'm having a rough day, a lot of times I'll go back to those notebooks and see, Oh wow. My grandma dealt with Mm. some of these worries and doubts, Mm -hmm. you know, or she wrote about having a tough day and, um, and still being thankful for things in her life. Even Mm -hmm. when, you know, some other aspects of her life maybe felt, uh, felt bad or, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, that's history too. Mm-hmm. And has been a very impactful thing for me just, you know, and I think that's something maybe that people don't always associate with the word history, but I think all of us, you know, our family members, our ancestors, you know, the people who have sort of laid the groundwork for where we are in life, uh, are important to us and learning from them, um, I don't know, for me, that's just been, I, I look at all the people who have sort of given me, um, you know, a leg up in life or kind of said, here you go, Aaron, here's, here's, you know, a little, mm-hmm. a little piece of the pie, go and do something with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I've been given so much and like learning from all those people, um, I think is how I grow and I think how all of us can kind of grow. So yeah, I'm fascinated by like the nerdy history stuff too, but I think, there's there's other ways we can we can look at history. But yeah, all the stuff you just said, I I I think is is fascinating. Of like who gets to write our history, yeah. right? Like that's that's one that maybe we don't always think about. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's like there are these little nooks and crannies of history that we don't really talk about, mm-hmm. but that are really important. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I mean, you know, the Potawatomi tribe here mm-hmm. that would be a great example of um, you know, do we have we have we talked as a local community enough about, you know, Mm -hmm. their experiences? Um, Mm -hmm. Probably not, you know, Um, and who's writing that history. It's people in generally that are the, 
the quote unquote winners of history, right? They get to write it, right? Like yeah. the people that, yeah. that, you know, um, that paint themselves in the best picture when maybe mm-hmm. they didn't always do the best things, mm-hmm. right? Like that's sort of the, the dark side of history that I think mm-hmm. sometimes we need to, we need to think about. Uh, I think a lot of my fascination with history, especially in my adult life has been, whoa, there's all these stories that I was never told. Mm-hmm. Um, and all this history that I didn't know about, but that, in a lot of ways shaped who I am today, even though I didn't know about it. Right. Like it, yeah. it created, if you know, earlier you're talking about like, we are, we create the culture that we're mm-hmm. in. Um, like some of the forces that created the culture we're in, we may not have even known about, mm-hmm. but like it's, it's impacting us today. Mm-hmm. And that's history, you know, learning about that. That's, that's history. So like all of that kind of stuff fascinates me. And again, I feel like the theme of what we're talking about today is sort of we, we can learn so much from the people and the places and the things that are around us every mm-hmm. day. And it's just sort of being open to learning about that and seeing, yeah, what fascinates us, but then what fascinates other people that right. might be different than what fascinates us. And, and we can learn a lot from that. So yeah, this, again, I, I think this conversation has been great. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly why I love this question because I feel like it always opens up new avenues yeah. of you never know where it's going to go, but mm-hmm everybody is fascinated by something and, and is passionate about something. And it, yeah. um, I just, I love hearing about that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I know you better. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I feel like the same. I, you know, I know, I know a different slice of your life yeah. than I knew before. And yeah. again, I think, you know, to bring it back to this podcast and sort of the heart of what we do, it's like the more you learn about someone, I think the more you realize that we do really all need each yeah. other. And then like you were saying before, it's, it's not just sort of that, transaction that happens between us right? right like it's not just oh i learned more about you yeah. and now i feel better yeah. like it's there's that part of it but then there's okay now because we both are seeing how much we need each mm-hmm. other it's like okay now we're seeing how we're both creating right. god's image right. we're learning more about god it's this other side of it too mm-hmm. that happens and i think that can happen in in every interaction every mm-hmm. day and you know one of the things we would love to hear from everyone out there too of things that fascinate you mm-hmm. um so you know we're going to post this um on the transformation website so mm-hmm. um please let us know uh what fascinates you and, and we'd love to again learn more about you and and maybe have fodder for another podcast episode yeah. later so, yeah. yeah yeah thanks man